0: Hey, 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 it's your man, Uncle Dub, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. This is episode 112. On this episode, we're going to have our Wednesday conversation, so we're bringing it back for uh, probably one more time this season. And it is my pleasure to have on friend of the podcast our senior Notre Dame correspondent, Eric Kelly. We're going to talk college football. We're going to talk a little bit of Notre Dame at the beginning. And Notre Dame will be a theme throughout, but we're really going to look at the wide uh, array of things happening in college football this season. Uh, we recorded this right before uh, Thanksgiving, uh, prior to uh, rivalry weekend starting. And uh, there have just been so many things happening, especially in the coaching carousel. And as I record this uh, beginning to this episode, I mean, so many other things have occurred. So you may see a sports wagon sprint episode from me to kind of talk about some of the latest developments because there's so many things happening. Um, but I hope you enjoy the episode and we'll get to it right after the music. Welcome to the sports wagon podcast. And today we're going to talk a little college football now, as if I don't have enough college football, but for most of you, you're probably thinking you can never have enough college football. And so for this particular episode, I had to have back our good friend of the podcast, our senior Notre Dame football correspondent, Eric Kelly. Eric, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? It's good to see you.
1: Doing doing great. It's uh, been a long, uh, interesting season since the last time we chatted. So uh,
0: yes, roller it has. coaster.
1: So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to diving into it. But uh, doing pretty well.
0: Hey man, good. Uh, any plans for uh, Thanksgiving? I mean, doing it up big or how? How what's what's it looking like?
1: Yeah, a little a little nervous. We're having that big get together. Um, okay. We hadn't done anything like that in a while, so okay. I'm the young man in the family, so I I don't have too much uh, too much say. And hey, this might not be the best. <laughs> not to get political.
0: But, no, I understand. I'm staying. I staying. Stayin', uh, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh,
1: this might not be the best idea at the time, but uh-huh. uh, so. But you know, fifteen, twenty years, I'll get a a bit more say than I do right now. So. Okay.
0: I, 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 think I understand where you're coming from. Um, so we'll leave it at that, <laughs> I, but I got you. I got you. Um, so I guess the, the best place to start, we're going to start with the Irish. So let's see. They're currently 10 and one. There's a very good chance. They're going to be 11 and one when they finish up on Saturday. So let's talk about the good and the bad of this season for the Irish. So let's, What's the good? So what you've been watching this team all season. And and before we get into that, I want to – my plan was for us to kind of maybe t- dive into the season maybe midway, but because, you know, scheduling and all that craziness, yep. you know how it goes. But I'm glad we're doing this now because we just had the CFP released on Tuesday. So give me the good for Notre Dame football.
1: There's uh, There's been a lot of good. I, I think uh, I was a bit surprised by um, – some of the weaknesses or the biggest glaring weakness, um, for the first five games of the season. Um, I I don't know that I should have been caught off guard, but, uh, you know, when you replace four out of five starting offensive linemen and they're all playing in the pros to some degree. Now you should probably, uh, expect it to be a little Rocky to, to begin with, but I've become so, Tuned in to us churning out um, NFL offensive linemen that uh, I kind of wasn't expecting uh, as big of a a hit when the season began. Um, it's been rocky, man. Uh, <laughs> I, we've uh, we've had three different quarterbacks that we've needed all three of them to win games. Uh, four left tackles. I can't tell you how many linebackers are gone. But, uh, things I think after Cincinnati and then actually Virginia tech is where, uh, I think they finally realized here's what Jack Cone is good at. Let's start doing what he's good at rather than just trying to force feed our offense and things have really been clicking since, uh, I know that all the teams we played in the last four games haven't had all their firepower, but uh I think three last three games haven't allowed a touchdown. Um defense is ramping up, offense is becoming consistent. And now it's just a matter of I don't know who we are because since getting better, um we haven't had a real test. So how much better are you, even though you've seen this improvement and you know, it has to be better um, versus, you know, some, some defenses that are banged up some teams without some quarterbacks. And, but, but a uh, long story short, there's a lot of turnover from last year to this year. If you finish the season 11 and one, after all the guys that we lost to the NFL, and graduation and attrition. That's a pretty darn remarkable job that, uh, that's been done, I think. And even the Cincinnati game, um, if you, you hear it from different perspectives, talk to a Cincinnati fan, I'm sure it'd be a bit different, but, uh, I recall that we spotted them 17 points with our own dumb mistakes and, and they earned their win. I I don't take anything away from that, but uh, even as bad as we were at that time, we were still in the game in the fourth quarter. So it's really hard to say, where are we? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And well, another thing we can look at too, is because Notre Dame schedule is so, um, I guess you could say, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? the rivalry aspect they're so yeah. big with rivalries that uh it's a down year for rivalries. I don't what they didn't play Michigan this year. They didn't play Boston college, which, you know, that's kind of every now and then because of the ACC, but Navy was horrible. It was a 34. Yep. They beat them 34 to six or something like that. Yeah. Uh They you know ran over USC yep. Stanford's three and eight. They're probably going to run a three and seven, whatever. They're going to run roughshod over Stanford. I mean, and Stanford to me, If I look at USC, USC and Stanford, I think Stanford's further down than USC. USC is kind of hanging on Stanford. They've really dropped down a few rungs, which is actually surprising to me.
1: You know, it really is because Stanford used to be, I mean, I think three or four years ago, they were a team that struck fear in my heart when you see them at the end of the season, because you knew they were going to pound the football and they were going to play tough D and, uh, we had quite a bit of problem with it for a while and they were putting guys in the league. And the the other thing is they go after the same guys. So it's, that also builds into that, that rivalry of, Oh, I wanted that guy or Mm -hmm. how do we miss on that? Um, But but you're right. None of the traditional, if you look at our schedule four years ago, you go, why the heck did they schedule that? like why would you do that that's a you know a potential like murderer's row type of of deal but then you get to the season and you're like okay usc's terrible unc wasn't anything that they were supposed to be uh wisconsin kind of like us it took them a while to figure out what they're doing so we didn't play them at their best time um when I look at the schedule just by team names, I go, wow, that's a good schedule. But then you look at them, like you said, based off the year they're having. And it's like, all right, that's actually not the strongest schedule. But the funny thing is you look at the like ESPN and the different strength of schedule um, barometers, however, they come up with those and the schedules towards the top of the pack, because it's all, there's no, you know, D two schools. There's almost all Power Five schools, other than Toledo. So it's kind of a weird, weird dynamic to uh, to kind of filter through.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because th- even the Toledo game scheduling that was a head scratcher, and they and they struggled in that game. Which when I saw the score, I'm going wait, 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 wait. Are we about to? So I, I as listened to the, the previous episode. I uh had to do some I to do some thinking. And we were trying to remember what game, and if I and I think this might be correct, I had to think in my mind, what game got Brian Van Gorder fired? I think they were playing Purdue. Purdue was well, I mean,
1: every game should sure <laughs> Brian Van Gorder fired.
0: Right. But that was the game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, because uh Greg Hudson. Took over afterwards yeah um brian van gorder oh man i don't know why you're doing that to me
0: oh no no. i don't listen you you guys are in a much better place now so i mean you know we i mean i I know i know well that that i think might be the least bad thing that's going to happen tonight i have another question that i mean we got time tonight so i'm i have another question about something else so we'll wait wait on that for a little bit
1: that's the least bad thing you're gonna throw at me.
0: I think so I, oh. I i i feel pretty positive uh there's something else but i will we'll come back to at a okay. moment All right. um so you said you know i guess the thing that that the take home is you really are like well i'm not really sure where we stand as a team but you did point out the fact that the the good of this was considering everybody was lost you're 11 one so no. can you point out one not so good thing for the season
1: uh, i' mean I guess the thing that kind of makes you scratch your head is, is why did it take us so long to figure out what, uh, what we were good at? Because I, the first four games, I, I really liked what Cone was doing, you know, but it was only when we're behind and we're throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, but, but, it was like the first three games it's like all right you run the ball the first play okay there's a seven yard sack okay he's getting hit again come out for the second drive the same thing happens and it's like are we there's got to be something going on here that i'm no coach i don't know x's and o's but i know that you can't put a statue back there behind an offensive line that can't pick up the uh you know the fifth rusher and send him home and then you're waiting for a play to develop and it's 10 15 yards down the field and they've already gotten home by that time. So I guess the the disappointing thing or the the head scratcher is really just how did we not kind of know that sooner or know what would have been better sooner um, Uh, that really kind of baffles me because I love coach Kelly and I love Tommy Reese and I love what they're doing, but in the same, right? It's, it's that Monday morning quarterback inside of you going, I can see what's happening. Why do you keep, but you know what? And uh, I'm not going to go deep into this, but it's the same thing when we were playing Alabama last year in the playoffs or the same thing, when we were in the playoffs two years before that. Um, and I don't know if it's a Brian Kelly trait, but it's, we've been very, we're going to do what we do no matter what they do. And we would go into those Bama game or that Clemson game and try and run the ball and try and force feed running the ball. And Clemson and Bama say, no, that's not happening today. And by the time we adjust and we go, okay, maybe that's not going to work. You're down 14-0, 17-0 against the best teams in the country. So uh, why it's so hard-headed versus, all right, here's something that works. Let's just keep doing that thing that works. Like, or here's a weakness that they have. Let's try and go after that weakness. Um and, and maybe that's something that they've they've found in the past few weeks is, all right, let's stop trying to be who we aren't, even though we really want to be that. Um, I don't know if that, I know that sounded kind of like a ramble, but uh, that was probably the most frustrating thing about the season thus far.
0: Well, uh, th- there's something to be said for offensive coordinators, because for some reason, I feel like offensive coordinators really um they try to get cute i don't know what that is like you know you've got this whole playbook and you say okay here's our team identity but hey we got a couple pages in the back of the playbook where we're gonna do something a little fancy we're gonna do you know we're gonna mix it up and it's kind of like you mix it up after you um after you actually establish what you want to do, then you mix up a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I, I can understand a team getting outside their identity when they say, okay, here's a defense that recognizes our identity. We're going to do something that's just a little bit different they haven't seen and, get the, and throw them off guard. I mean, we've yeah. seen that plenty of times, plenty of examples of that. But yeah, I think it's that, you know, it's something about offensive coordinators. They think, okay, let's just try this little tweak and that little tweak is something that is outside of who you really are and most yeah. coaches talk about teams having identities and when they have that identity they you know we we, we we're we going to be who we are and that's key and, that, and, and I think that's true in any sport be yeah. who you are and play to your strength
1: sure I, and I agree with that but in the same right I, I guess I would I would say that the the example i think of the most is you know being a football fan we always hear you got to run the ball to open up the pass yes you got to be able to run the ball to open up the passing game and it's not so much like that these days because i'm not saying running isn't important but you can pass to open up the running game yes and, and that is kind of the script that has flipped with coming in and going okay We're going to give them some short reads, go five wide, you know, the running back will uh, come motion out from outside. So you can see what the defense is doing. He'll get in the backfield and then you can get a little more creative with the run once you've kind of threatened them with the pass. But when they're sending seven guys and you can't block three guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> right 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 what right. are you
1: gonna do but and that's exactly what it's been is okay we can be a running team and we have been a running team but we've used the tool of let's show them we can throw the ball mm-hmm. and then once that's established and that's respected now we can give the ball to Kyron Williams and he can do the freaky things he does
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he's what uh, what's my, he's, if I, my, if my math is correct, he's what 72 yards from a thousand yards. So he's going to be a thousand yard rusher and did, I don't, I didn't check this. I don't think, did he run for a thousand last year?
1: I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Okay. He was, he was unbelievable. But this year he's, he's even better.
0: Right, right, right. Right. So he's 72 from a thousand cone is probably going to hit 2,500 for sure. And he'll, go beyond that. So, I mean, you know, your, your, offense is just running on all cylinders, which is just, you know, for, for you and for the, the Notre Dame nation, that is just a beautiful thing to see. Um, it is,
1: but, but, and I hate being the one to say, but, <laughs> but it's been um, USC's defense, Navy's defense, uh, Georgia tech's defense, no disrespect, but whatever it is that UVA puts on the field when the other offense is on the field, cause that has been rough. So it's, it's, uh, it's much better because we couldn't do it against teams early in the season, but in the same, right. Um, I'll take it, but I don't know if we come up against a good team. I, I don't know what we can do uh, cause I haven't seen it.
0: Right. Right. Well, one other piece to this, um, you know, I mentioned Jack Cohn, but you talked about the three headed quarterback that yeah. emerged and I, I watched some of the Virginia tech game and Tyler Buckner, my goodness. I mean, thinking back to our last conversation, you said, okay, there's not really a quarterback battle, but your depth chart, you know, is Cone Buckner Pine and Buckner. I mean, he just showed just another dimension to the quarterback situation. I mean, he he has just such a fantastic skill set that, I mean, that gave, I mean, you know, again, I, I've been saying all this time that Tech, you know, they've lost their way in in so many ways. I mean, again, they had to let Justin Puente go, but I've been saying, you know, Tech's identity is defense. I mean, again, they've had great offenses, but they began their rise into the national spotlight with defense and special and, and special teams yep. and defense to me I think is their calling card and when Buckner came to that game those guys just looked all of like what in the hell is going on yeah because he he gave them fits
1: and and he was uh, without him I mean we don't win that game correct now, without Jack Cohn we don't win that game either but. Um, yeah, I, I think as, as fans and you see the boards and anything like that, I think we are all salivating anytime, um, we get a chance to see Buckner go in. Cause I don't know if, if you, I know high school stats are high school stats, but if you look up his, his, uh, high school stats, it looks like, uh, you know, you turned Madden on and you turned it on to 15 minute quarters, and you were playing the worst defense possible it, it, it it's unbelievable i've never seen anything like it but he also he didn't play his senior year um i don't think if i remember i think he got hurt halfway through his junior year so this is the first time he's been playing in like two and a half years two years so but he's got a big arm he can run um we, he's kind of been the one that, uh, probably the biggest, most hype since, since Jimmy Clausen showed up in the limousine. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited about what he can do, but it's also, um, a little terrifying because in the same right, he's, he's probably going to be playing Ohio state the first game of the season next year. So yeah, I, as soon as you know two weeks ago against uh, uva i'm like can we get him in the game can we get him in the game i just we need the kid to get reps we need him to get reps um but i i think he's really exciting for the future but there's about seven freshmen on the offensive side and it really started in the virginia tech game that uh are heavy contributors and they all look really really good and that doesn't include um, Blake Fisher, who, you know, locked down the left tackle job as a true freshman before he got injured against Florida State. So things are looking promising, but, uh, hmm. but yeah, he's he's got us all excited.
0: So. Hmm. And one last thing I cannot say enough about Michael Mayer. He is a problem. And uh, I watched uh, <laughs> that Virginia game. I think when it went 21 nothing, I turned it off. But, yeah. I mean, he is a
1: problem. I can't – he would be a top 20 pick if he was going to the NFL this year, I think, because there's nothing you can do with him. I mean, it, it might have been the – it was the Virginia game when, you know, he had a that catch off the back.
0: Of, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he's got soft – hands he he runs the routes well he plays i mean they call him baby gronk and he plays like you know Mm -hmm. a gronk but uh yeah he's he's something special and i know i'm not going to be able to have him for more than one year because i would be like come on man you gotta go (laughs) just like just like with hamilton it's like oh I wish I wish I could have him for one more year, but uh, man, you got to go get that money because you, you're a player. Yes, he is indeed. Um, yeah. and,
0: and, and that's the thing. I don't think Notre Dame gets tight ends. Like, I mean, they've had some good tight ends, yeah. but it seems like it's kind of a every now and then thing. You know, you think, you think Notre Dame, you think running backs, you think quarterbacks, wide receivers, a superb tight end, like Michael Mayer. I mean, that's that's a gift right there, you
1: know, I think the closest I mean Rudolph and Eifert, um they're they're not him, but they were pretty outstanding themselves. yes, I think I think it's some ridiculous stat, like every tight end who started a game for Notre Dame since the year two thousand has played in the NFL. It's that's wild.
0: Per, that's yeah. a pretty impressive stat.
1: So Iowa and Notre Dame fighting for tight end U.
0: that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um. So let's let's go. Let's go this way. So you guys play Cincinnati. You lost to Cincinnati. So uh, with all that has happened with their season, and now they finally gotten in the top four. So what are your impressions of Cincinnati? Is the top four deserved? You know, kind of, kind of, give me what you think about them.
1: It's it's. Um. So I'm very much of the opinion that you know, if it came down to us playing better and then them being undefeated and then it got into that debate in the room. Um, yeah, they, they get the nod. They won the game. Right. But in the same right, I don't know that I was overly impressed by them when we played them. Um, I want to be because, you know, if that just speaks more highly of your team, if you were able to go toe to toe with a, a better team, but I I, I think this, this, um, ranking system and the college playoff system, it, it makes it very difficult to kind of know where a team should be, but in the same rate, they've, they've won the games. They elected to go to Notre Dame stadium, who is going to finish the regular season. At least we're going to finish as a top five team. Um, I don't know, the postseason. So they they went on the road. They won that game. How much more can you really ask of a power five team than to so I think they they've taken care of business. Um I don't know that I think if we were to line up and play them again, I uh, I feel confident that it would be a two touchdown separation the other way. Mm. But uh but they've earned it right and that's and that's where the whole college playoff um football debate gets very frustrating is the conversations of um best team is that team better than that team well that's that's great if they are but in the same right have they earned that right um i think there's something to be said for being 12 and 0 or being 13 and 0 um, and I, I think that, uh, that that's a big, big part of, you know, Alabama is Alabama proven at this point that they're a better team than Cincinnati this year. Cause I, I don't see how they have, but, but if we're basing it off of history, then I a hundred percent get what we're doing. Um, but we're not supposed to be basing it off of, of history, right? We're supposed to be basing it off of what's in front of us this year. Um, so same thing for Ohio state. I don't know that Ohio state has, has done anything to, for me to definitively say they have earned that right, that they're better than Cincinnati. Do I think if it plays out on the field, do I think both those teams are? Absolutely, but we're getting into some shaky ground, I think, with with how this college football playoff system is, is kind of working.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's kind of been one of the things I've been very uh, critical of. And yeah. that then that kind of kind of leads me to my next question. So, what are your thoughts on the current CFP format? Because we we're at four teams, so the progression here was. The what was it? They said they were going to do what? Uh, they they wanted to move to was it uh, uh, twelve? Which I go, come on, twelve is crazy.
1: Yeah,
0: eight well, makes sense. I now, hate, now oh, I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm guys. sorry.
1: I hate twelve just because we're going to give Georgia or Alabama a bye week.
0: Mm, something, yeah, I, I don't know how. So, I, it, it's it's too, <laughs> it's too it's too it's too it's too complicated. You know,
1: well, it is, but but we're gonna we're gonna give the everybody who's in the playoffs is in the playoffs because we believe they've earned the right that they can contend to be the champion in some form or fashion right Mm -hmm. but now we're going all right so the team that we perceive to be the top team you know in the nfl it's it's straightforward you 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 win this number of games you win more than this other team you get your bye week right mm-hmm. um it's pretty much laid out i know there's some quirky things sometimes when uh tampa bay gets a wild card and has to go play in dc and all that but mm-hmm. at the same rate how are we benefiting or how are these other teams are going to be at such a disadvantage when when you get a boise that cracks the top 12 and they go and play i don't know let's say oklahoma state and then the next week alabama's had two weeks of rest and preparation to uh to take on (laughs) boise state (laughs) right Right. but that's why i'm i'm cool with eight i I need it to be uh i need it to be you know eight 16 something that everybody's playing the same number of games Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i agree with you once you get to that 12 number it's we're getting kind of we're getting kind of out there with throwing people in because even this year when you get past seven Mm -hmm. it's super sketchy because look at the big 12 yeah i mean
0: oklahoma well, I'll get to
1: Oklahoma in a minute, yeah, but, yeah.
0: But, but, but but like I said, I, I, when they said 12, I said, I think 12 is a, a no. 12 is absolute. No. Yep. I'm good with eight. Um, someone said to me, what about six? And at first I go, oh, what? But then six kind of works in that, in that, um, you're going to buy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I'm going, well, that could work because essentially with that six, you get those two extra teams in. So let's say if we had six, and Cincinnati was still stuck on that six line, Cincinnati still gets in. Yeah,
1: you, you get, know, it, un- a, unless there's a, some change, you know. It's a play-in game as opposed to being right. So,
0: oh, well, no, no. I mean, you give say the top two. Was it you oh, have oh, the the, you. the first and second seeds get. get a bye, yeah. and you let three through six play, and then like the nfl okay depending on who wins this team plays this team that team plays that team Some, something to that
1: you could you could sell it to me that way i know it's the same thing uh-huh. like no matter what mm-hmm. like it ends up being the same result but if you sold it to me as being a uh, like the top two are just in and then the rest of the four are doing a play in right if, but then when you when you flip it and you tell me that the top two are getting a buy, it's very irrational. I know Right. Um, I'm a college football fan. So naturally <laughs> irrational. Um,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right then, right. then I think I could be supportive of it.
0: Uh-huh. I got you. I feel you. I feel you. Um. So as far as the season in general, um, let's kind of work through this. So what, let, let's talk about what, what are some things that surprised you this season? I mean, general, just about the college football yeah. season. What, what surprised you this season?
1: Um, some things I I couldn't uh, go without saying. I was dying laughing yesterday. If uh, I don't know if you saw the Eli Drinkowitz quotes. About, no. Oh, my goodness. So him and Dan Mullen, as I'm sure you know, they a little contentious. hmm but I believe, and I, I might be slightly <laughs> misquoting, but uh, Eli Drinkowitz, when he was asked about Dan Mullen, he said, uh, my dad was a farmer and he always taught me you reap what you sow. But then he said, if you sow a jackass, you reap a jackass. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I was... And, and I was like oh that's terrible it's hilarious but it's terrible I don't know who does that like you really have to have some animosity towards towards someone else to uh to say yeah 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 you got what you deserved especially yeah, someone yeah. who's a colleague essential or not a colleague but a, a peer
0: right? Yeah, a peer right right right
1: um mm-hmm. so I couldn't go without mentioning that because I I about Killed over when i saw that but uh (laughs) i think uh nebraska has been a a really interesting thing for me because uh and they're right there in so many games Mm -hmm. and if scott frost doesn't do it i don't know who can
0: there exactly exactly
1: Um, so i'm happy they're giving them a, a chance but it's really interesting how close they've been on so many occasions and I'm hoping, you know, next year they can win seven games or Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, I thought Bo Nix down at Auburn was going to be a little better than he's been at this, at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he's had some maturity issues. I know they switched uh, coaches last year, but Kind of thinking they might be a little bit more stable. South Carolina, Shane Beamer Mm -hmm. getting South Carolina to go bowling.
0: I, yeah. So, if so, I think they're six and five. So, at best, if they can beat Clemson in the Palmetto Bowl, they're seven and five. Which I mean, now we we know South Carolina fans are probably thinking, well, but they'll take it, you know, considering
1: I mean, six and six. They should be ecstatic. They should be. Yeah. yeah. You know. And I don't know exactly where their quarterback came from, but they're playing a quarterback that was playing on a lower level. last
0: year. Yeah. I think that he's an older guy. I think he was a team manager. Okay. And I think some, he just came out of nowhere. He started, you know, throwing some balls in practice. And then huh. Beamer's like, Hey, you know, once you suit up and practice and then next thing, you know, this guy's the starting quarterback. I'm like, I mean that, that that's going to be a Disney movie, you yeah. know this, right?
1: Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, and speaking of Disney movies, right? The I I the beginning of the season, I about keeled over when we knocked uh, Jordan Travis out of the game against Florida State. Uh-huh. because it was in the back of my mind the whole time that Mackenzie Milton was waiting.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: And then once he come in he comes in and he just starts putting up points and yeah. i was just oh no this is a <laughs> disney movie coming <laughs> um right the uh oregon does what oregon does mm-hmm. they they find a way to lose games that they shouldn't now utah i'm not gonna say they shouldn't have lost to utah because whittenham has a good program year in year out but uh was it, was it Stanford that just ran all over them? Yeah, um, yeah. There's been some... There's a, a plethora of, of good storylines this year. And Texas, at the beginning of the year, they looked like they were going to be pretty good. And hey. then it just fell apart rapidly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Texas has been very sine wave. Yeah. They've been up and down, up and down. Yeah, and, and then... I watched it in that Kansas game and I because I the, the Friday before I talked about it. I said, I'm not gonna predict this game, but watch this game. Cause if Texas loses game, it's gonna be all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah. And they lost that game in overtime. And I'm I'm just sitting there holding my head going, I don't believe this. This is oh, this yeah. can't be happening. And I'm not even a Texas fan, you know.
1: <laughs> the uh the penn state i i don't know why it is i can't stand penn state um i I think i'm not a huge fan of uh james franklin in general it has to do with yeah i know it has to do with uh running up the score against bad teams you know taking timeouts to kick field goals with the games 55 to nothing um (laughs)
0: uh, oh my goodness
1: the the start that they had and then the collapse and Mm. then you know he was the hot name for everything then that really started wearing off quick and then i turn around and he's getting a 10-year deal um because i you know i see a fair amount of uh penn state message board stuff because uh notre dame and penn state are battling for a lot of the same same guys in recruiting and you know you find the extremes just like a yelp review oh boy um, it's you know you're usually you're only getting the people who are angry and and screaming who put in a review but uh i think there's a fair amount of people who are, are pretty pretty frustrated with the last couple of years with franklin but uh but he's recruiting he's he's getting guys there so but did you see the uh, the Illinois-Penn State game?
0: Uh, I didn't watch it, but I was tracking the score. And then I think I, I came downstairs, and I had the TV on, and I was, you know, scrolling through my phone, and I saw the score, went, wait, wait, wait. I think the game was on ESP, either ESPN, the ESPN, the Big Ten. I turned to it, and I just sat there like, really, Illinois? Like, I mean – Virginia played Illinois early in the season, and they're not a terrible team. Yeah, um, because they they put up they ran they ran the ball pretty well. Like I said, they they moved the ball pretty well on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was super surprised, but I was thinking, okay, Illinois not gonna like have enough in the tank to hang with Penn State. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna make it a game, but yep. yo, that blew my mind.
1: Well, I mean. I, and to be honest with you, I didn't know at that point that they had changed the overtime rules until watching that game. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the most bizarre sequence I can ever recall. in watching a college football game was you get one play from the two yard line. Nobody converts go to the other side of the field. Nobody converts. And I think they only converted on one or two of two of the overtimes. I think, um, that was beyond bizarre but uh so i think those are some of the big things that really kind of like oh wow this has been super interesting and now the all the open jobs um oh boy that's that's really fascinating just because of you know for every for every new coach that gets hired you know that's two new coordinators and, you know, who are they pulling with them? And mm-hmm. now a new head coach gets a job. Now another job is open. Yes. And I think last year, I think schools were pretty hesitant to get rid of some coaches um, just because of the climate. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, with everything, keeping some stability in programs, not knowing financially how um the COVID year was going to impact everything I could be wrong but that's that's some things I I read about that I I thought was kind of interesting um
0: yeah a lot of programs didn't pull the trigger because of COVID because they think okay a lot of programs miss games Mm -hmm. um the revenue I think I talked a little bit some time ago about how Martin Jarman so he left Boston college go to UCLA Mm -hmm. and UCLA their athletic department took a big hit. They had to borrow money from the university side to kind of, you know, balance out some of their ledger. So Jarman walks on the job and he has to balance all of this out with the money, with the revenues. Um, Of course he's, he's evaluating everybody. Of course he's new. He's not going to fire anybody because you know, what's interesting about athletic directors you know, he walks into the situation and Chip Kelly's kind of, you know, UCLA and Chip Kelly's, you know, trying to figure it out. Get, it I mean, not figure it out, but, you know, Chip Kelly's an experienced yeah. guy. But Jarman's kind of thinking to himself, OK, he's not my guy. Yep. But if this thing keeps going the wrong way, I can get rid of him. He's not my guy. I'm not committed to him. Yep. Um, so. But that's one example of that. Plus, UCLA had another issue. They got rid of, they had an under armor contract. They got they got rid of Under Armour and went back to Nike. I think their jump man, which I thought was great. I hate Under Armour. (laughs) Go away. Um, but I think that's what happened in places like Virginia Tech and Syracuse, where you know, uh Whit Babcock basically said, All right, Fuente, you know, you got you got another year to figure this thing out. Um Syracuse. I think they're wet for five and six. I don't know. I would like to see Dino Babers come back. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they got to be, I don't know who they're playing. They're playing Pittsburgh this week. I don't think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. I don't know. Dino Babers might be done at Syracuse. I hate to say it. And
1: I, I it's a bummer to see, um, but I didn't realize, I think I was reading about him this morning and uh, I thought they had had a lot more success under Dino than they have. Because I think out of the seasons he's been there, they've actually only had one winning season, mm. and that was that was a huge shock. And I that was uh, two years ago. Yes, I think they finished in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same right, it's it's kind of the same thing. If I mean, he's a good coach. He puts competitive teams on the field at Syracuse. Yeah, right. Right. Um, so, so where do you go? I mean, unless you're, you're convinced you can land a guy, maybe like a a retread, like a, a Tom Herman or, you know, someone who you don't think is gonna just up and Doug Marone, he went there, he made you better. And then he dipped as quick as he could.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like Syracuse football is not the Syracuse football that I remember. So remember the Big Ten, Syracuse. I'm sorry, the Big East Syracuse. uh, Went with Donovan McNabb and all. You know, I mean, they had some. They had some guys playing those teams, and now it's. And really, this is kind of a big issue with college football. It's like all these powers. And even just across the board, these guys aren't recruiting like they used to. I mean, you know, everybody wants to go to the Alabamas, the Ohio State. I mean, and and and, and, I mean the five star guys, even the four star guys, they're getting looks by a lot of schools. But the schools that traditionally got a lot of good talent aren't getting the talent like they used to. It's crazy, but that's the state. That's that's where we are. And and then of course, the transfer portal is changing the game as well.
1: Definitely. But the the interesting thing, though, is uh, with a with a coach like Babers, who he he has his system and it's very unique and he is committed to it. It seems very cyclical to me, like you're going to have a good run and then you're going to have a down year, maybe two down years, and then you're prepping for your good run and then your quarterback, you know, breaks an ankle. Mm-hmm. more and but where 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 do you really where do you go from that because you're not going to recruit at syracuse you're not going to recruit with the level of a of a alabama or an ohio state it's just not gonna happen so i mean rutgers is impressive what they do recruiting wise with shiano mm-hmm. like and but still that's nowhere in the same stratosphere as uh as what those big programs are doing. And it's hard for teams in the northeast and in colder environments to tell a kid, "Not don't go to Miami, don't go to California, <laughs> don't like no, come here when it's twenty degrees in the winter when you're not even playing football, right? <laughs> right. You're just here training in 20 degree weather for the fall when it's going to be 63.
0: You make a good point because let me ask you this. What do you know about Syracuse baseball?
1: Not a lot. Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's just it. No, I mean, these are just jokes, folks, but I'm just, but but you make a good point? Because again, okay. With football, okay. You can train indoors, Uh, But like you said, you know, who wants to be somewhere where it's super, super cold from October to freaking March, you know? And then they're gonna, and they get a lot of snow, and uh, you know, and 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 then the Carrier Dome. I mean, you know,
1: and it's it's not so much about the football or the practice, right? Mm -hmm. It's about six a.m. walking. class oh right 10 p.m walking home from the athletic facilities and that's and that's where i think it's a tough sell but when it's at a program that is established it's a bit different or you know a bit more prestige i know that syracuse has some of the greatest history in college football especially with oh uh, for sure but for sure but at this point it's been a very long time since, since real relevance. So it would take something really special to, uh, to bring people in. But right. uh, so I think you need a system oriented guy, like a, like a Babers, like what Dave Clawson does at Wake Forest. He, all he does is manufacture offense and it's, it's fascinating to watch, but uh but I don't know that he could ever go to a big school and recruit.
0: Well, here's the thing. I was reading an article today about all these openings. And uh, so they were basically just ranking all the openings. And then at the end of the article, they're going, oh, they were just giving you the the names, you know, okay. throwing the names out there. So we know Franklin's off the table because I had him going to USC because I'm thinking, eh, he's probably worn out. I was at Penn State. Um, I thought the melts- same
1: thing. Yeah. Mel
0: Tucker, I was thinking you LSU, but I forgot he's a Big Ten guy. Plus, Michigan State just offered him; they just rolled the Brinks truck to his door, so he's he's staying. But somebody mentioned Dave Clawson, and they said Dave Clawson to I believe this at Virginia Tech, which I'm going okay like i'm going what
1: (laughs) i'm with you that uh, virginia tech when i think of them i think of i think of defense i think of getting some of the best athletes in the country that are down in that virginia beach tidewater area um
0: seven five seven all day long i'm 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 a product yes
1: (laughs) Uh, so a name that with Virginia Tech that I've read that's really interesting is uh, is it Charles Huff, the uh, Marshall head coach. Oh, OK. He, he was the Bama associate head coach for a season. Yes. But he's had a decent year at Marshall, but uh, he's from Maryland. But he also played four years down in Hampton.
0: So, oh, he's a Hampton guy. OK, OK. okay. Uh, hmm.
1: So. So. That's one that's like, oh, that's some interesting connections and and that's something else that they need someone who really like that's where Virginia Tech got their guys.
0: Yes, correct. yes, because again, uh Richmond, uh, uh, so I so the years with um grow and then to some extent, kind of at the beginning, towards about the beginning of the Mike London era, virginia got hammered with recruiting they got hammered and i remember distinctly somebody in a press conference asked al Gro about recruiting I was like you know what do you think about and and he in in so many words was like oh recruiting not big deal blah. like in-state recruiting oh, not a big deal blah, blah 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 and i'm and i'm listening just going are you insane the 757 is literally a hotbed of football and you're just like oh well in state recruiting we're not really all the concern blah 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 and from his era like until the beginning of the mike London era virginia got smashed they own richmond they own some of western virginia but mostly richmond the 757 and they were peak and they got into northern virginia so by the time grow got up out of there tech had their tentacles in northern virginia so they were pulling guys big time you know So, yeah, um, Huff would be interesting, but I've been saying Brent Venables. I'm sticking to that.
1: I I mean, I love it. I just don't like, (laughs) will he go? Because I don't know if he's now, if there was a year to go, this is it, right? Yes. Because you're not playing for the playoffs or an ACC title or a national championship. Um, so you don't feel like you're bailing on your guys in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it screams perfect fit because you think you think of Bud Foster, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think of, of Brent Venables today. Yeah, but I, I got some problem with Brent Venables, man.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> why?
1: Why does a grown man have someone hired on the sideline? to grab his belt to pull him from going out on the field.
0: Oh, wait, wait. They, they pay someone to do that?
1: I don't know. I'm sure the guy's job isn't that. But <laughs> next time you watch a Clemson. Game, oh, I've seen,
0: I've seen it. I've seen okay. it. Right. <laughs> I've seen because it.
1: All right. I've seen it. Because that drives me nuts. And he's not the only coach. They, some other schools have adopted it and they call them like their get back guy or something like that. Oh my goodness. So how can I in good conscience hire a guy to run my program who can't even keep himself (laughs) from running on the field? He has to have someone else pull him by the belt. What are we doing here? Well, I will
0: say the man is passionate. Um, <laughs> yeah. I n- now, now, mind you, uh, another article I read that basically said, you know, to your point, if Venables is going to leave, this is the year for many yep. reasons, but also he's not getting any younger. Not to say that age should be a factor for when you get your first head coaching job, but I believe he is 51. He's either yep. turning 51 or has turned 51. Now's and now is the time. If you're going to be a head coach, if that's what you if, – if that is your dream – Now's the time, and I think he's would be the best fit at Virginia Tech.
1: I hundred percent agree. And even though I have that one problem with him, I think (laughs) I think he would be. I really think he'd be a fantastic coach. And and I think exactly what you said about he's passionate. I I mean, kids want to play for that guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that passion
0: will spill over to the fan base because could you imagine? Okay. They hire him. He shows up to a Virginia Tech basketball game at Castle, yep. and they're already all whipped into a frenzy. And he walks in and says, hey, we're going to start another 16-game winning streak against those guys. Mm-hmm. Forget it. Yep. He, I mean, he just dropped the mic and walked out. Done. Yeah, you know, He would have them.
1: I, I agree, and I, I, I'd love to see him be a head coach because that's the one thing I always hoped for. And I'm glad Bud Foster did what he did and he lived his life the way he wanted to, mm-hmm. to live it. But I always still think back and go, I really wonder what a Bud Foster program would have been.
0: It would have looked very, you know, I I think he, when Beamer retired, I thought he was going to be next up. Same. And um, yeah. I think it would have been, very it would have been a very tough minded program i think it would have been very i mean obviously you have to have an offense but i think it would have been very much about that lunch pail defense Mm -hmm. it would have been molded in his fashion i mean i think he probably would have done just enough in that short period of time let's say he let's say he's still the head coach now i think they would have probably gotten back to some level of kind of the beamer and not they wouldn't have surpassed the Beamer era, but I think they would have gotten back to some of that success. I think.
1: And and I think the, for teams that aren't Alabama or aren't Georgia, even, I mean, for my team, I have the most irrational expectations every year before the season. I have found a way for us to go 12 and Oh, but I think, I think it's good to get in a mindset of, let's be a good team every year. Mm Mm-hmm. Every third year, I want to be in contention.
0: I think those are reasonable expectations. I, re- I really do.
1: And I think Virginia Tech has proven that they're capable of being a power. Yes. Um, what about Miami? Is, is Diaz going to, you think he's going to survive?
0: I'm not sure. Now, if you recall, they got rid of Blake James. Mm-hmm. In essence, Blake James was probably his security blanket. In other words, if you think about it, here's the AD, the head coach, who's above the AD, the university president. So the AD could say, look, I'm looking at this. This is getting better. This can probably get better. I don't know what Miami's looking like from a recruiting standpoint, but that quarterback Van Dyke, he's – I think he's going to be the next big thing. I like how he plays. Even against Virginia, he just – I mean – Virginia, I mean, they won that game by the fact that the place kicker just couldn't hit the field goal. But he showed me something, and then he went out, he think he talked smack before they play NC State, and he backed it up. So Van Dyke is that – he's that dude. And I think based upon that, I feel like Diaz – would have been okay if Blake James stayed. They got rid of Blake James. I think they're gonna blow this thing up. I think Diaz might be out. I I, I hope I'm wrong, but he's probably out.
1: I just uh, I how do you uh these things you gotta figure out quick now because early signing day is here in about three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta give these kids some sense of uh what are we doing here? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing, doing my job as a college football fan. If I didn't ask you, uh, how fun has this Brennan Armstrong ride been?
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm sorry. He missed the, 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 uh, the Notre Dame game, but I had to look at it two ways. Number one, and this is kind of where I got a little angry that game didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, okay. If we win it, it doesn't really help us in the coastal standings. If we, and we lost, it didn't help us. So it made sense for him to sit because of that. He lost some time as far as his stats, but he's what he, and up until that point, he was number one in the nation. Now he's third. I mean, his progression from last year to this year has just been fantastic. I mean, he throws the ball. He, I mean, he's got a great arm, but he's just been so accurate. Um, and then, of course, the pocket breaks down. He can run for the yardage. I mean, now he didn't do so good against Pittsburgh last week, but for the most part, I mean, he, he can do it all. And so next season, I think, okay, Does this guy come out as a possible Heisman favorite, a candidate? I say yes, but here's two problems. Number one, the offensive line's got to be totally retooled, so he's going to be in the same position next year that you guys were in this year. Um, Number two, the defense. And I've been saying that, and I said this on my last episode, six wins with this offense. This offense should have gotten at least nine wins, at least.
1: This is... uh... And and I'm I have to put everything in comparison to Notre Dame because it's the thing I know the best. But this is very reminiscent of me, uh for me, um to the uh Jimmy Clausen junior year. Um, mm-hmm. the offense could score sixty-three, the defense would give up sixty-four. And and that's it's terribly frustrating to watch but in the same right it's it's really really fun to watch a quarterback that's in the zone that armstrong has been at this year he he seems almost unstoppable if uh you know outside of some some mistakes that that virginia kind of self-imposes on themselves but Mm -hmm. uh but I, I look at next year too, and if can Woods come back?
0: Uh, he's a grad transfer. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but Lavelle Davis Jr. Exactly. missed the season, and we're talking like people just you know he's if you've seen him play, he's literally Herman Moore part two. Uh huh. You yeah. know, I,
1: I watched them, uh last year, and he was. Oh, I have a buddy who all season long he was like hey Lavelle might be back for the Notre Dame game he might be back I'm like, well, I don't think he's come back from ACL no but thank you for trying to scare me <laughs> right, right
0: right 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 <laughs> um, yeah
1: because you got some outstanding weapons there too and I think a few of them are, are back next year and it makes me wonder if let's say the line does figure it out um just to be serviceable and you can just get something going on defense. If you can get a bend, don't break kind of thing, going on defense, just a slow down the opposition is Virginia is Virginia possibly, you know, projected to finish second in the ACC next year.
0: Um, let's see in the coastal for next year. Good Lord. Um, Wow. Yeah, I'm really trying to run through this. I mean, what, Kenny Pick is gone from Pittsburgh. So I don't know who's his heir apparent. Um, Georgia Tech, I think, will be in the conversation, but I don't think I don't think they're going to be fully there yet. Yeah. But what Jeff Collins has done in his short time is remarkable. He has really pushed them a lot further in a short period of time, I
1: think. So I agree with that 100% about Jeff Collins. But I do ask you this. If in your final two games of the year you lose 130 to nothing, <laughs> does your seat not get a little hot?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. Okay. I don't think so. Because like I said, I think tech now remember tech had to basically yeah. scrap the the triple option and they're going back to okay. Running quarterback RPOs, throwing the ball downfield. So they had to replace some athletes. So I don't think so. I mean, and plus, okay, they're going to play Georgia at home. They're going to, I mean, they could have the number three team in the nation. They're running to a buzzsaw.
1: They're going to get smashed. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I just, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just a really interesting thing to go, all right, you lost 55 nothing this week you might lose 75 nothing this week Um, (laughs) but you're right i mean the uh paul johnson it's a completely different uh recruiting style in general i mean their offensive linemen are tiny compared to what they should be Mm -hmm. different types of athletes all that good stuff but uh Mm -hmm. but jeff sims i mean that guy can play too.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing that tech prides themselves on. They've always when, when they even with triple option, they've always had really, really good quarterbacks. I mean, guys who can run that triple option. I mean, they can sling it down the field when they have to. And then the thing is when they sling it down the field, you're going, wait, you can throw that far, you know, and and they're throwing bombs, but yep. you don't expect it because they're always okay student body left student body right or they run an RPO. or you know you're think oh this guy can't throw and then he slings and you're going oh crap you know yep. we're, we're done you know yep. um yeah yeah but that's the thing next season oh uh, see the, the only team that kind of scares me in the coastal next season right now is carolina um
1: but they're probably going to have a different quarterback.
0: They're going to have a different quarterback, but I think they're going to put the pieces around him to make him look good. Okay. Um, Tech, I think it's going to depend on who's the coach. Mm-hmm. Now, they got a toll to come in and put in their system, but you got to figure some of the guys will stay. They'll probably lose some guys to the transfer portal. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of a 50-50 thing. I don't know about that. I mean, there is a good chance that Virginia, like I said, if they if the defense can hold, as you said, the offensive line figures it out, gels just enough for them to establish themselves, not just the pass, but Virginia, in some regards, they've kind of abandoned the run. Yep. And in doing that, it goes away from what we traditionally do. We are a running football team. Think about the running backs we've had. You know, uh, Tiki Barber uh, uh t- I, t- Terry Kirby those guys I mean they we've had a tradition of having good running backs so kind of going back to what you said earlier the run to uh, you know make the pass work that's how Virginia does it so now we're kind of relying more so on just the pass and we'll run whenever we feel like it if we can get back to that running the football some and then letting BA throw the ball I mean, Virginia could be looking at maybe getting back to win the Coastal again, and then God knows who's going to play in the ACC championship because this would have been the year to be an ACC championship because they be. didn't have to look at Clemson.
1: Oh, you know? yeah. Clemson will be back next year.
0: They'll oh, yeah. Yeah, year. I think so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So uh, who was a disappointment for you this year?
1: Just in college football in yeah. general.
0: Yeah, college football.
1: I would have to say, uh, I can't say his name, but, uh, the guy, the team we were just talking about DJ, you
0: Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I,
1: was, I think, uh, that was, uh, a big despite, especially after, uh, you know, after watching him light us up for 457 yards or something like that last year, he's a, he's got a strong arm. Mm-hmm. He's athletic athletic um and i'm sure more goes into it than i'm, I'm not putting it all on him right. but you know he's in the dr pepper commercial um oh, right, know, right. comes out so the hype is very real um mm-hmm. i would say that uh I, I i had no way i thought clemson was gonna lose three games this year um, yes that that really really surprises me and I think, uh, I think Oklahoma, not from the sense of, I've never really thought Oklahoma is that, uh, outstanding in general, but, um, Spencer Rattler is a heck of a player and I'm not sure what, what's going on there. I I've watched them play enough times, but I can't figure, I can't really put a finger on on what's wrong now Caleb Williams is a freak
0: he's phenomenal
1: yeah and and he deserves to be on that field it's not that Rattler necessarily lost that job because when Caleb Williams came in he took it and he kept it Mm -hmm. but I was really surprised by what's happened with with Rattler this year too because I I was kind of expecting some big things out of him Mm -hmm. So I think those are the things that really, really stand out to me. Uh, What's what's on your list?
0: Uh, Definitely agree with you on Oklahoma, because Oklahoma hasn't been. I mean, when we think Oklahoma football, we think they're dominant, especially in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the one game that stands out to me, here goes Kansas again. Kansas had them on the ropes for three quarters. And what happens in the fourth quarter? Oklahoma wakes up and finishes them off. Because I'm going, if Kansas beats Oklahoma, that will probably probably be well, obviously the biggest upset of the year and probably the biggest upset probably in the last few years. I mean, that just, I've watched, I turn this game on and I'm like, this is surreal. Again, we're having another surreal moment, but it just seems like Oklahoma's just been struck. They've just been sluggish all season. They just haven't been hitting you with a knockout punch early. They've just been kind of you know, they're the aging boxer. They can getting a few punches and then four rounds later I got to finish this guy off. You know, yeah. it's been that sort of thing with Didn't them. Didn't expect
1: know? to be in this situation at all. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, North Carolina.
1: That I would say that's been uh, the only reason I wouldn't say it, it's been a huge shock is because I know that they also had a huge transition with their offensive line and they oh. lost, they lost two phenomenal uh, running backs yes they, they lost right. a lot of weapons but the way mac has been bringing people in same kind of thing as clemson right i kind of thought okay well they're just going to reload because they've got the veteran quarterback mm-hmm. they're gonna be good now that's a big surprise i did not know if sam how could run like sam how can run
0: mm yeah i did i did <laughs> i've seen him i mean he, he he takes off and i go wow how's got some wheels yeah
1: and, and it's like he's got a i don't know some some pam sprayed all over him or something because <laughs> people are just sliding right off of him when he when he gets hit and he does not go down easy yeah that, that's yeah. that's something that's been a big surprise right, he's, right. He's, a, he's a pretty phenomenal player
0: yeah. Well, it's called not being able to tackle in space. That's what that is.
1: it's, <laughs> but, it's then, but then I'd have to say my team can't tackle. Man, well, I,
0: don't, I, don't I was gonna say that. Well, no, what I was gonna say, I was just gonna just say, you know, it seems that that's a fundamental problem across college football it, in it, general. So we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll make it a blanket statement. Everyone's
1: affected by that. It really is, though. You're 100% right about that. And I think uh, coaches talk a lot about how they just can't afford. To hit and practice. Right. And and a lot of times they're not allowed to hit and practice as much as they used
0: to be. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Not as physical as they used to be. Yeah. Um, all right. So let 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 me let me ask you this because uh this came up from the last episode, and I I I am gonna I'm gonna open the door and I I don't know how dark this is gonna get. So this is the other thing that said, okay, we're gonna go a little worse than what we talked about earlier. So last show you said. You cannot stand Michigan State. So what's the story behind that?
1: I I think the game's always so closely contested. Um, I remember, you know, if the young, like, really, like when you're really maturing into your fanhood, I remember them shoving that freaking flag in the middle of the field after they won a game. <laughs> uh D'Antonio um his teams I'm not a big fan of Narduzzi for the same reason because obviously he's a disciple of uh yeah yeah yeah. um late hits left and right like out of bounds cheap shots just it it always seemed very (laughs) plentiful when I would watch uh Michigan State play Their defensive backs hold all day long. Now, fortunately, so one of my favorite seasons of all time is you remember when Michigan state went, uh, 11 and one back in like, uh, 2013. Yes. Well, we were that one. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, (laughs) <laughs> but all all we did all game was uh, our our current offensive coordinator just throwing back shoulder throws over to our receivers who are being mugged and flag flag flag, and that's the only reason we were e- even in the game offensively is just because someone recognized, oh wow if we if we help make it apparent they're going to have to call this all day long. but Narduzzi's pits team or pit teams do the same thing. I mean, it's obvious he was the D coordinator, so it, it shouldn't be much different. Um, then, uh, the fake field goal Mm -hmm. where, uh, coach had the, uh, the heart attack after the game. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a heartbreaker. Uh, fake field goal touchdown for the win. Mm. Um yeah I don't I don't know. Michigan State they just kill me. Now they have some of the favorite players I've ever watched play. Like uh Javon Ringer. Yes. Le'Veon Bell when he was at Michigan State. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was, he was a beast. Of, he was a beast. Yeah, I, I you hate them when they're there, but you respect the heck out of them mm-hmm. for the players they are. And so I know tons of usc players like that but uh and then the last few years as i feel like i'm becoming a mature young man um the ongoings at michigan state have only fueled the the fire and the hate more for uh for a lot of the antics whether in basketball not in the actual sport itself Mm but surrounding their athletic departments, there has been some of the most shady things I can think of in, in recent memory. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that's the association with, um, I'm slipping on his name, Larry Nassar. Okay. Okay. But also very interesting Mm -hmm. stories about the basketball team Mm -hmm. and things that kind of got swept under the rug mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and more importantly, the football team. And I think that's part of why, um, there was early retirement there, but, uh, there was gotcha. a lot of smoke coming out with, um, the players kind of, I guess, I don't want I, I hate the, I hate the term cause I don't, it, it's terrible, but I don't know how else to, to compare it. You know, when they say it's like the, uh, the prisoners running the asylum yes. kind of thing. And mm. I, I, I don't want to compare players to that, but it, it's kind of, it felt like the, the athletic department may have kind of taken a back seat to, um, as long as we're doing all right, let's just, you know, keep on keeping on and maybe turn a bit of a blind eye to some of the things that are happening.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of one of the big complaints that people have about uh, college athletics, that in general, the the oversight, you know, uh, when things like these, when these types of things happen, then it's, well, who's in charge? Or, hey, you've got this sport, you've got an associate athletic director who's over this sport, what were you doing, you know, Um, and and that kind of... um, Thing then leads to all these investigations and things of that nature. Cause I know Tennessee's having some issues there, probably gonna get hit with some sanctions. Uh, because I think they um I forget, God, I'm not talking about this, but anyway, they they're gonna get hit with sanctions. I think um they ended up not uh, doing something in a proper amount of time. NCA is gonna hit them, they're probably lose some scholarships. LSU, yep. I mean, they're head coaching position of football is going to be interesting to see who takes a job because you're going to walk into a hornet's nest because they've got a title nine federal lawsuit they've got all kinds of craziness going on uh with football will wade and basketball i don't know what's happening with his situation i know there's there were some things happening then
1: how is he still there is a right
0: right right exactly um yeah
1: it's uh I think, I think it hit home with Penn State. Now, don't get me wrong. I know some stories about some things that have happened involving my favorite team that, uh, that make me scratch my head and go, okay, what happened in this case or this scenario? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something different when it seems like it's a, a cultural thing. Because when you have 110 young men that you are responsible for, we're crazy to think, no matter what school you're at, that uh, a couple of them aren't going to find their way into some trouble. Right. But it's a bit different when, I don't know, look at the end of the Urban Meyer Reigns. Mm. It starts getting out of control. Right. And... You know, I was a big proponent of I thought uh, I thought Penn State at the time should have gotten the death penalty and mm. And I believe that from a standpoint of culturally with that program and around that program, clearly football was more important than anything else. And obviously I know that the fans don't want what happened to happen, but it did happen because they love this program so much. And people are so worried about the ramifications of what happens if, if this gets out. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I worry about the integrity of what we're, we're cheering for when, things like that are happening but in the same right the players weren't doing anything wrong right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's it's a bit of a mixed bag but um i i'd like to see across the board some all right we're gonna we're gonna sacrifice having this great player because we know that uh that unfortunately this isn't good for the team or the culture or the institution. And uh, that sounds very broad when I say it, but it seems like some schools or some programs have a lot more of it than, Mm -hmm. than, than others. I mean, that's what, that's what happened to Baylor with our Briles. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. That was a mess too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so Every school is going to have it. We can point to an example of any coach that something happened under them. Mm -hmm. But at what point are we, uh, what point are we enabling people to, to do those types of things? So, Mm -hmm. That's a very depressing route.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. I, uh, well, no, no, it's, 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 I'm
1: the one who went down it, but no, um, it's,
0: it's it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Because again, you know, I mean, you you made some good points, uh, you know, um, and and that's kind of one of those things that I I mean, I know when we talk about sport in general, especially, you know, um, college and the pro levels in any sport are totally different. Um, you know in the pros you know you're self-regulating yourself and though those things you know once you you know leave the facility and you're an adult and you do these things then you have to not only deal with you know if it's a you know minor consequence then you deal with the team and the league and whatever but when it's something that involves law enforcement then sure you get some sanction by the league and the team but at that point it's usually out of the team's hands. They're going to push yeah. you off. The league will say, well, we're not going to deal with you until you deal with law enforcement. If 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 it's a situation where you're going to come back from it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, yeah, there's the, the oversight differs, but we're always left asking this question, you know, where is the oversight? Or why aren't the rules designed such that, um, you know, I use the NFL as an example, you know, why aren't the rules set up so that you know, the punishments for things fit the particular problem. You know, we, we tend to see somebody who, um, you know, domestic abuse is a, is a, is a big issue, but yet, you know, they'll go away for three or four games or whatever. And then they're playing against like, okay, there needs to be some stiffer penalties. There needs to be something to where say, okay, we need you. To deal with this issue head on you can't deal with this issue head on you shouldn't be in this league period yeah
1: yeah, it's time to it's time to it doesn't matter how good you are or it shouldn't matter how good you are uh josh gordon he's like an interesting like character to me because by all accounts he's a pretty good guy um but he's got some some stuff going on but at, at some point it's like All right, well, you know, I was rooting for you to get a couple chances, but come on, man. (laughs) Right.
0: After a while, after a while, it's like, okay, either it's either going to be the game or the uh, weed. Come uh, on, dude. Make a decision. One of these pays your bills, the other one doesn't. Come on, make a decision.
1: And if you're happy with the other one, that's fine. But, right,
0: right, right. (laughs) But try to keep it under wraps. Try to, you know, I mean, Uh, put, I mean, plenty of athletes do it and they know how to balance it out you know come on let's not get crazy with it you know
1: let's figure this out what are we doing (laughs) yeah it's but it's a it's a very very interesting environment and college sports in general if you dig deep enough it gets super super shady
0: yes it does unfortunately
1: yeah
0: so how about this? I'm going to end with this. So we talked about Arch Manning last time, and uh, he is in the 2023 2023 recruiting class. And I had to go do some, not a whole lot of digging because the information is out there. But I found out what schools, and there's a little bit of variation between sources. So ESPN, and what is the other one? Uh, 24-7 sports, okay. which they seem to be fairly reputable. Uh, here's who he's gotten offers from. You're ready for this list. So he's got offers from Alabama, Boston College, Clemson, Duke, uh, Georgia, uh, LSU, North Carolina, Oklahoma, uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, Texas. USC. And I'll let you tell me who the, well, there's two more schools. Uh, SMU is the iffy one because I think ESPN doesn't have SMU listed, but 24 seven does. I'll let you guess the last school.
1: Well, I I have a good feeling about it. Uh, Cause I believe his sister goes to to school there. I read at some point in time. So they were, They were in the mix, even though they don't make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) But uh, I I read at one point in time that the University of Virginia was a school that was distantly in the mix because he had family that was uh, attending there.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Did I get it right?
0: Right. Notre Dame, you're Um, good. Yeah, you got that. Now, here's the thing. Per what you said, you you made a great point. Do you know how far down the depth chart he would be considering what they have? That uh, wouldn't make any sense.
1: For, for sorry, for who?
0: Arch. For Notre Dame.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I said for UVA.
0: Oh, for UVA. Oh, UVA. I mean, he I mean, the he UVA is no on, on no one's the two lists I checked, UVA isn't even near it.
1: Uh, I just know that at some point they were trying to sniff around, or or he was going to take a visit to see his sister, really, or something really? like that. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think we're anywhere in the mix for. Uh, I mean, you've made an offer.
0: You've made an offer.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. no doubt. But I, I, I don't get the inclination from everything I read and see. I think, I think we have a a guy up in Detroit that we're really hoping for. Uh, uh, Dante Moore uh-huh. is is who. I think the staff is really, really hoping for. Okay. Um, I haven't heard much about any sort of relationship between Tommy and, and Archie or anything like that. I do know Lane Kiffin is all over him.
0: Yes. Yes, he is. He is. All right. Now. So, so from that, from that list of schools, so we got here, are the schools that are the warm schools. Okay. So Alabama, uh-huh. Clemson, Georgia, uh, Texas and Ole Miss are the warm schools. So we got what three. What I said, was that about five schools? Like that's about five schools that are probably gonna be in the really in the in the running for his services. Um, yeah, I'm a little disappointed about Duke. I mean, Duke has made an offer, but it doesn't seem like Duke there, he's warm on Duke. But yeah. I'm going, eh, you know, that would have been cool. But obviously, Ole Miss Alabama. Clemson and Georgia. I don't know about Clemson. I mean, I I think I think he's going to S in Texas. Uh, you know, uh, I'm feeling meh about Texas. Although he would be a big boost for them, but I think he's going to SEC school.
1: I it's really interesting because uh, with the Manning brand, right? I, I just don't see like his one of his best options feels like Ole Miss. Mm. But, but how does the Manning brand fit with Lane Kiffin? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I've really come around on Lane Kiffin quite a bit over the last couple of years because I think mm-hmm. he has really mellowed out and mm-hmm. and chilled out. Mm-hmm. But So mm-hmm. two of these schools are Lane Kiffin and the other is Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Right. And, <laughs> and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way or anything, but Steve had you know his last high pressure job he had a little problem with with hitting the bottle a little too much right and hopefully he's passed those demons and yes, everything yes, like yes, yes 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 mm-hmm. yes but it just raises the question of with the Manning brand that is so clean cut and you know attempting to be perfect and clean cut in every fashion and capacity how does he fit in with with those two
0: I got you. But, so, my yeah. thought is: looking at this school, looking at these schools, if you think about clean cut, mm-hmm. so think about all the coaches of those
1: schools. Who is the most clean cut? Oh yeah, of those coaches. All right. So, of the remaining, I mean, clean cut seems like Nick to me. Um.
0: Okay. Okay, Nick. Uh. What about Dabo?
1: I I, actually, you know what, you're you're probably right. He seems more uh, he seems more genuine, and he is clean cut. But uh, but uh, Nick is just so to the point and all business. I guess yes, yes. Kind of what I was I was thinking with with the clean cut reference. But you know, Dabo, he'll get you with the. Bring your own guts and his cheesy different lines he comes up with every year. But you, you gotta, you gotta want to play for that guy when you see him and when you see how he talks to his players and about mm-hmm. his players and all that. Um, I don't know where, what do you think he ends up? Uh, dang, I don't know. I mean, like I said, Ellis,
0: uh, let's see, Texas, I mean. If Sarkeesian lives to see another, I mean, he's going to be there next season. Now, again, let's say Texas, let's say they go, I don't know, nine and three. I don't freaking know. Let's say they go nine and three. They managed to do some damage. Yeah. He could really get that program a big lift. Um, I don't know. Something is telling me that is going to be an sec school and of the three on the list here uh it's probably going to come down between damn i don't dude i don't know yeah. because I, as i'm looking at this i'm thinking old miss would be you know he's uh he's the second coming of granddad you know yeah. and of course his uncle Uh, more so probably his granddad, because folks are probably thinking, you know, he's probably more like Archie than Eli. Um, Alabama would just be like, okay, we're going to win Nick Saban 20 more national championships. He only has four years to play.
1: I feel kind of robbed, to be honest (laughs) with you, if he went and played for Nick Saban. (laughs) Because, like, he should be the guy I'm rooting for to beat Nick Saban.
0: I got you. Yeah. And and I was sort of thinking that too. Um, See, there was some, you know, I was really looking at Georgia. I was really looking at Georgia. I don't know why I was looking at Georgia. It's either probably between Georgia and Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. I was thinking Georgia. Georgia is for some reason, Georgia is hopping off the page at me. I don't know why.
1: I don't think there's a hotter team for, uh, you heard Kirby talk about it. Recruiting wins recruiting recruiting recruiting
0: recruiting recruiting, and, recruiting that's it and
1: georgia is cleaning up on the trail since kirby got there
0: that's and, it
1: and they need a, I mean right now they're starting a former uh a former walk on so and and doing quite well he's doing fantastic but uh but that makes you wonder when they get to uh when they get to that sec championship next week
0: hmm yeah, the, uh, again, a Georgia win, whether it be convincing or close, I mean, it takes Alabama out of the, out of the equation, and that really shakes this whole thing up. Because remember, you guys are sitting at number six, so there's kind of that inkling of a chance that y'all fall it potentially, potentially.
1: I try, I try not to think of it too much, but I've done every formula I can come up with, and and my hope is. Georgia beats Alabama. That mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma this weekend,
0: which I think they will.
1: And then Baylor beats uh, Oklahoma State next weekend, and then I think, I think we we could be in the the Big Twelve thing scares me because uh, I don't think any of them really have earned the right to be in the top ten at the mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. but they're going to have very, they're going to have wins against other top 10 schools, Mm -hmm. no matter Mm -hmm. how it shakes out. So um, I definitely think that whoever, if Oklahoma or Oklahoma state wins out, I think they definitely jump us um, just by Mm -hmm. virtue of the fact that they're going to have a top 10 win. Um, So I need the big 12 to cannibalize itself. (laughs)
0: And I need
1: Georgia to take out Alabama. (laughs) So I'll, I know you're wrapping up. I'll leave you on this. This is
0: a frustrating
1: thing in the world. (laughs) I, uh, I listen to every podcast there is out there about my, my Irish and I read everything I could find. And, um, there's a lot of, not, not a lot, but there's a good amount of fans that talk about, you know, I think I'd rather us go 11 to one and go to a new year six and beat whoever then be the four seed and play Georgia and get shellacked by Georgia and you you can't be a fan if that's what you think what kind of fanhood is that yeah yeah yeah. give me a chance I will take a chance let us play who's the best team in the NFL I don't care like, <laughs> like, put us in. Let us get a chance. Right. Uh, the beating is terrible when it's happening. But how many? How many teams are are getting there regularly? Right.
0: Right. 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 right.
1: So, and that's that's something to brag about. If you get into the playoffs three out of four years, mm-hmm. that's a pretty darn great achievement. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna cross my fingers, cross my toes, do a couple different dances. But uh, at the end of the day, I think um, I think we we reaped what we sowed, as <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz said. So uh, right now, I don't think we deserve to be in. But mm-hmm. if if enough shakes out, I'll be happy to um, get a chance to get whooped up on by uh, Georgia.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say this much. Um, like I said, I think uh, Oklahoma, I, I got Oklahoma state winning Baylor, Oklahoma state. I don't know. That's interesting. I'd have to really look at that. Something in my, in my brain is telling me that Baylor, I mean, Dave Aranda has done such good work. Baylor is, I think where they need to be, you know, I think they're kind of back, you know, kind of to where, where Matt rule got them. And then of course Matt is trying to push them, past uh the art browse thing you know kind of get them to that level um so i mean heck anything's possible so i mean uh like i said this this is what this is what's going to be fun about this weekend uh and then leading into next weekend this is going to all be fun to watch um and last thing it was eli drinkowitz um does anyone know what missouri's uh record it is this year because this like his, is like this is like his first or second season like and he's talking all this trash like dude you might want to relax on that because if you're not winning the football games you're going to be reaping what you sow yeah, exactly. very soon because i don't think missouri football has been good for a while you know honestly
1: uh, yeah it's been uh at least since uh since they've been actually good uh, chase daniel was yes uh, and he's been in the league a long time yes he so.
0: has yes he but has. yeah i
1: agree with you at six and five i don't think you should be commenting on the employment status of uh of other coaches right. I, I agree with you on that
0: but, especially the head coach at florida of all yeah. places so yeah, yeah. that's kind of crazy that's a, that's a lot of grip right there <laughs> well eric man uh it's been good to chop it up with you again man i appreciate you coming on uh this has been a really great conversation um and as we always in we talk about this we say you know uh it's just going to be fun to watch i mean like i, said, I wanted to do this in the middle of the season or early on but we're at this great period of time where this thing's all about the shakeout uh we got rivalry week this saturday championship saturday next saturday and then of course now we get uh the final playoff rankings we're gonna get the heisman trophy candidate the final candidates for the, heisman, the final the finalists for the heisman trophy uh army navy so it's so i think this worked out just fine and and now we just see how this thing how this thing ends you know with in bo- bowl season i mean
1: yeah i'm expecting a uh an invite for um when we make the college football playoff and uh you know right beforehand when we got that georgia notre dame game i'll come give you a quick five minute uh you know my best lou holtz impression i can do (laughs) about running through ball or walls and beating up jimmy johnson and all that good stuff so right 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 fingers crossed man and i always always really enjoy enjoy talking with you especially about college football
0: all right man. and Ladies and gentlemen, that is fandom right there. (laughs) And with that, I leave you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. And we'll catch you on the other side. You know where to find me, Instagram, Twitter. It's Uncle It's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Until I see you again, take care of yourself, each other, uh, protect yourself, you know, get vaccinated. And mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at it's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D U B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod i really appreciate your support thank you